Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of The Raw Show with Michael McDonald and a very special guest. We have Naraj Nayak joining me today. Naraj, thanks for being a guest on the show. Hello, That's, I'm very, very grateful. Naraj is a qualified pharmacist from the UK turned entrepreneur and holistic wellness expert. After healing himself from a chronic illness using <laughs> Ayurvedic... Ayurveda. That's the one, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> practices and dietary adjustments I can get that one right he felt motivated to share his knowledge with suffering patients and started the renegade pharmacist which helps a lot of people all around the world so Naraj after the, the fairly shaky start trying to pronounce those practices I thought we'd, we'd start with your background if that's okay so could you share with sure. us where you were born and what it was like for you growing up yeah sure certainly um, I was actually born in the UK in London um, I'm Indian. I come from uh, that that background, so have very um, conscientious Asian parents who wanted me to study hard and become a good boy and go to university. And uh, and most Indians go into some kind of like either profession like medicine or pharmacy. I went into the pharmaceutical world, uh, not really knowing much about it. I just kind of went with it, but it ended up being like one of the biggest insights into the way the world works and operates on a much bigger, bigger, bigger level. And definitely gave me a um, insight into the health system in the UK, especially and, uh, and how kind of it suppresses people from the truth about what exactly they need to do to get healthy and, um, and heal themselves or, prevent disease. So that, that led me on a, um, a journey of myself. I was a community pharmacist for several years. And then I worked my way up to the head office of one of the largest companies in, in, in the world and uh, supermarket chains in the UK and actually came up with a concept to deliver healthy shopping lists to patients uh, based on their conditions. Very simple method of delivering information, health information, but they didn't like it because it was basically educating people too much about uh, the things that actually make you sick and it would have impacted their profits. And that's when I first got deemed uh, as the renegade, a renegade pharmacist. And uh, eventually they scrapped the idea. And at that point I got hit with a lightning bolt. I was so stressed out, so disillusioned. Um, ended up like getting an autoimmune condition myself was housebound for like a year, um, was uh, on all sorts of medications, nothing seemed to work. And I was facing having my colon removed. And then luckily, by sheer fate, um, a close friend of my family, she uh, now, uh, she's a, a yoga teacher in the UK. She, uh, uh, she's a Swami, um, so very well trained in, uh, in yoga. And she taught me some of the basic fundamentals of yoga, breath work, Ayurveda. And I managed to heal myself within a few months because uh, that kind of sparked my interest into holistic health. So I wanted to learn as much as possible. I read so many different books, went to seminars um, and eventually healed myself. And I created my own simple method based on all of the stuff that I've used uh, that have helped so many people now around the world with chronic health issues, but also entrepreneurial people. Um, I'm a member of a few entrepreneurial uh, like networks where I've, I've coached and helped 
um, entrepreneurs also get more productivity, better focus, better concentration without resorting to uh, pills and drugs and, and things like that. Uh, and gone, I've got known quite a lot uh, for my work in this area of biohacking because um, I managed to biohack myself uh, back to wellness. And the thing is the same techniques because it's more like a way of life. The same techniques, uh, if applied to a healthy person, can actually take people into this kind of superhuman uh, performance levels. And uh, um, I've actually, because of that, my own productivity, confidence and abilities have gone through the roof and I've now managed to become close friends with some of the top therapists in the world um, and even real life superhumans. So yeah, that's kind of like where I am right now. <laughs> <laughs> sounds, sounds a bit of a crazy journey really going from pharmacist to, to practicing yoga and then working on the idea of being superhuman. It sounds like a bit of a, a bit of a trail really. And um. Yeah, I mean, from, from from the UK, I mean, being a pharmacist and, and working in the, the health sector or the pharmacy sector, it must have been very, very disillusioning to, to find out some of the, the things behind the curtain. I mean, what, I mean, you probably don't, <clears throat> probably don't want to share all of it or go into too much detail, but what, what sort of things did you realize that mean that you, you sort of had to get out from that? Well, if you think about this, right, um, a pharmacy has uh, no customers if people are cured, okay? So just, but just by that awareness, you can, it's not very difficult to figure out that actually um, if you cure people, then that's bad for business. And therefore, pharmacies have no interest or pharmaceutical companies have no interest whatsoever in cures, so the entire educational system, which they own and control, because you just have to follow the money, you can quickly uh, realize that actually uh, all of the knowledge and information that we've had for thousands of years has been suppressed, hidden or taken away. And people who um, do discover cures within the lab laboratory setting um, are witch hunted and, and their information and knowledge is suppressed. In some cases, you could say uh, they go missing, okay? Uh, there's, there's evidence to suggest that certain uh, people who have tried to bring the truth uh, or have made some breakthroughs have gone and disappeared, you know, off the face of the planet. So um, there's definitely, just by the sheer awareness that a pharmaceutical industry is a business, uh, they have got a motive to keep customers and profit, and therefore every drug is designed uh, every treatment is designed, even the, the big expensive treatments for cancer and cancer research and all this stuff, right through to the charities that fund this research, which are all endorsed and uh, pay, the patrons are usually big pharmaceutical companies. Uh, they all have a vested interest in creating customers for life. Okay, Anyone in, who's an entrepreneur or in, in the set business of selling stuff, uh, they want customers for life. They don't want just to sell one thing and then that's that's it because it's not very good for, for the bottom line. So it's much harder to um, keep finding new customers, much better to just uh, find people who are sick and keep them sicker for longer periods of time. And that's basically effectively the, the healthcare industry that we've got today. Uh, I broke that mold. I started to cure people in the pharmacy just by 
changing their diet and teaching them very basic exercise routines, uh, especially from things like high blood pressure, which is very easy to, to solve, and, and type 2 diabetes, very, very easy things to fix. And I had great results with it. They didn't like it. Uh, you know, simple things even like cough med medicine, which has no evidence whatsoever to suggest that it helps a cough. In fact, you should never suppress a cough. There's a reason for the cough. Uh, so I was making remedies that are based on, you know, thousands of years of uh, tradition that um, actually helps improve the immune system by giving you the, the ingredients that the immune system needs to get better. And through that, you're aiding the immune system to make you self-heal rather than a, a pill or a drug or something um, trying to solve the symptoms because that's what drugs do. They, they're not intelligent and they only work on symptoms, suppressing symptoms, uh, because that's basically how you keep a customer forever. Right. And the problem with that is because drugs aren't intelligent, they're full of side effects. And so then, uh, the smart marketing people, uh, at the top of these drug companies say, uh, you know, that means that we can sell more drugs. So you'll find that a lot of the drugs on the market are actually just there to support the side effects, uh, the symptoms of side effects of other drugs. So there's a huge, huge scam going on, a very, very high level scam. Uh, it's very, very obvious. If you really want to know a lot about this stuff, read a book called Pharmageddon by, um, ah, what's his name? Uh, amazing doctor, a psychiatrist who's... Uh, He's uh, from the UK as well, actually. Let me just get his name because it's such a good book. It's all right. While, just, you're, yeah. well, while you're searching for his, his name, um, it's one of the things yeah. that, that I sometimes say and I sometimes think um, mm. with regards to it being a business. And I'm, I'm quite um, skeptical to say it because people don't think about these things, unfortunately. Mm. But, um, I'm one of the people that do. And would you say it has anything to do with the food industry as well? Like the amount of times that like you mentioned healing yourself with diet, but would you say those two were interlinked? Yeah, hundred percent. Okay. The guy's name is Dr. David Healy. Read that book and you Farmageddon and you'll see uh, all of the shenanigans that are going on. He's a psychiatrist. Uh, you know, he's a legit guy um, and he's done his research, but yes, Okay, it's a huge, huge, huge top-down problem. All you have to do is follow the money. If you want to know anything about corruption uh, on, and who's behind it, you just have to follow the money. And you'll find that there's uh, every corporation has a group of investors who run the company. They're, they're the stakeholders. The directors literally answer to stakeholders. And below that, you have the chain of management and all that who literally just suck up to the directors. They, I've worked in, the, in the, the largest corporation in the world in the head office. This is exactly how it works. So anything that impacts profits potentially is going to get blocked at the stakeholder level, okay? Because the stakeholders don't want their investments um, to, to fail. They want them to constantly grow. And the entire industry is based on... Uh, perpetual profit. This is a big problem we have with capitalism, is that the entire industry is based on perpetual profit. So the food industry is the same groups of people 
people with insane money, like you can't even comprehend the kind of money that these families have got. They invest into the, the companies, right, at a stakeholder level. And some of them are private families, some of them are big banks, some of them are actually other corporations, but they're the same small club of people who've got all of the wealth, who control all of the industries, because that's what you would do. Think about, it's not very hard to figure out, okay? If you just think of it logically and look at it from how it's been set up and, and what's going on in the world, because there's so much knowledge information out there about what it really takes to get healthy and happy and strong, right? But it even goes down to the level of the media. So the media is also, the people who own it, um, really who own it, control it, are also the same sorts of people. Let's, let's not completely like, you know, rule them all out as being bad guys because there's a lot of good ones as well that are emerging and trying to do good. And there seems to be a battle between the two at the top. So that's why there's a lot of changes going on at the moment. But the, the, I, made a, I made an article, it became the most viral article of all time, okay? It's about Coca-Cola. What happens one hour after you drank a, drink a can of Coke? It went massively viral all over the world. It was on Fox News. It was on the Daily Mail blew it up. So many people blew it up. And it was, a, it was quite a fear-mongering article because it really highlighted the dangers yeah. of Coca-Cola, drinking a can of Coke, and what happens in one hour Many of your listeners may have already seen it. Um, I find like quite a few people have seen it because uh, it was shared everywhere. It's like the number one trending article on Facebook for like two weeks. Um, well, for, for the, for the, I, was, I was just going to say, yeah, for those that haven't, would you be able to give us a, a quick rundown? Yeah, so basically it was, it was just a, an infographic that, that told you a timeline of what happened. So when you drink a can of Coke, uh, it's, it went through all of the ingredients and how they are metabolizing your body and what they do. Um, so, you know, you have high levels of sugar. So then I showed all the facts and studies based on sugar and how it's metabolized and how your body confuses the sugar that's in uh, Coke, which is high fructose corn syrup. Um, and it actually upsets the metabolism. So that can, uh, um, if you take it too much, drink too much Coke, which is, a big problem. A lot of people drink a lot of fizzy drinks. It's not just Coca-Cola. It's all fizzy drinks. Then you um, are very much prone to obesity and uh, diabetes. And you can see kids like in America who drink like liters and liters of these drinks a day um, who are incredibly obese, uh, overweight and obese and are very prone to type 2 diabetes. So there's a huge epidemic. So one of them is sugar. The other one is the amount of acid uh, phosphoric acid in there and salt. So, um, so that, that is like a, 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 a big impact to your minerals and the way your minerals are, are um, literally leached by these ingredients. Um, and then there's the, the fact that it's water that's kind of dead. So there's not much life in the water. And, and basically what that means, if people are using this as a source of water, which is actually the case in many areas in Mexico actually they drink coca coca-cola in favor of real water because that's the cheapest thing they've got available to them so yeah it's crazy it's really crazy so I just highlighted a lot of the things that have gone wrong with um, this fizzy drinks industry how it's impacted their health and um, 
And basically just through that highlighted this high level of corruption that's going on based on this need for perpetual profit. So there's people, what's happening is that they're behind these companies and corporations on a, on a serious drive towards profit, and, but they're so disconnected to the products, right? Because it's other people carrying out the actual day-to-day -day work that they've lost their sense of morality over time, okay? So they don't even care what that product's doing to people because there have been experiments done where um, if you put on a suit on somebody and get them to do experiments on people, uh, psychiatrists have done this, um, people will inflict pain and torture people simply because they've been put into the role of authority by being wearing a suit or a lab coat and administering pain to people. They'll do it to the point where it's like, like you'd never dream of inflicting so much torture and pain on people. Uh, but they do it simply because they're wearing the uniform. And this is what's happening in the corporate world. People are wearing this uniform, they're doing their job, they're so disconnected from the product and other people and reality. And this disconnection, this lack of community, a lack of care in the world is primarily the number one cause, in my opinion, of depression, chronic stress, and this people getting sicker and their low quality of life that we have in the world. I, I saw this firsthand in the corporate world uh, that I've, I've, I've worked in for several, several years, uh, this level of disconnection and this negativity, especially in the UK. Um, and I've, I've, I'm pretty sure it's, it's even worse in, in, the, in the US, you know, and other countries. So, uh, but UK, there's a serious problem with this. And corporations are trying to change the mold. They're trying to become more conscious capitalists. And, but there's these certain companies that their product alone is so damaging to the world. Like think about, I think um, there's something like 3 billion units of Coke drunk a day. Like it's billions of units we're talking about drunk a day. Well, what they do, what Coca-Cola do is they go into a, a country, they take all of the clean water, right, supply. Well, not all of it, but a quite a large amount of it. And some villages are deprived. They like create almost like a drought of water, of clean, natural, fresh water. They bottle it. They put uh, gas into it, sugar into it, uh, additives, preservatives, and then sell it back to people. And it's madness, right? Think about it. It's completely madness. So um, they are one of the biggest problems in the world that we've got is these big... Uh, corporations selling fizzy drinks and shit that people don't really need on a massive scale. Yeah, I mean, just, just while you were saying those things, if people are listening to this or when people listen to this, it, it's, it's almost frightening when you start to think about who, who are the, the people, could be a handful of people, could be the, the 10 or 20 people that do actually make these decisions. And it, it kind of reminded me when you were going about the, it's almost like being um, de dehumanizing almost, like we're in that lab coat and just going through a job. It kind of reminded me of when you've got like robots and, and drones doing things for us. So you just, just imagine having like a, a robot army saying, also, someone has to do is press a button and in a way you go you're more likely to do it because you've got this great big disconnect from the actual thing that goes on and the actual results and the impact and a lot of the the, the effect of, of what it is that you're actually doing so yeah that was just a bit of a, a thought that ran through my head but you, you've been spending a lot of time 
on <clears throat> the flip side of this. You've been spending a lot of time on yes. the idea of trying to, again, maybe even fight this to a certain extent, to, you know, to a greater or lesser extent. But you, you're also focusing, okay, well, this is what's going on. This is what's happening. So I want to try and flip this. And obviously you, yeah. you left and you, were, you sort of claimed to be the, the renegade pharmacist and you, you, you went through your, your own healing. But what was the next step for you to actually start making waves and progress in this opposite direction? Okay, well, great, great question. Because, yes, I... I see a lot of people who like like to um, you know pick holes at the system and and uh, complain about it and um, expose it, whistleblow, but they don't have the solutions. Like it's all good, like freaking people out, but you've got to have some kind of solution, um, you know, to, to to so people don't get completely freaked out and feel helpless, right? So um, that's what I really focused on because I had to. I I myself had to fix myself. My life had become very, very miserable, was incredibly depressed, and then housebound, literally, I was shitting blood 40 times a day, okay, it was hell, um, and I lost like three stone in weight, I, I looked like a total stick insect, and I remember that, that, that I, had, I had to make a choice, because I remember this one day, um, thinking, if this is it, this is it, I think, uh, you know, like when the doctor told me that you're going to have to have your colon removed, um, I was like, this is the lowest point, I'm going to be wearing a colostomy bag, for the rest of my life. Um, you can't get much lower from that. Basically, you'll be shitting in a bag for the rest of your life. And um, I really, I prayed, I prayed. I broke down and I prayed. And, and I had a sense of like hope because I, I knew there had to be a solution. I, I became so depressed that I couldn't help myself. Like I couldn't I, I didn't know what to do. Like the, the, the things I was recommending to my patients didn't seem to be working for me because when an illness gets really out of control, like it had for me, you need to do something different. You need to go a bit deeper. And what I realized was actually, um, uh, and this is what turned me on uh, really, was that you actually, when my Swami told me about yoga and the true meaning of yoga, what yoga really means, if it was this spark went off into my mind um, because what happens is a lot of people, they blame themselves and they have a lot of guilt, a lot of resentment. They have a lot of anger built up and rage built up um, and it's stored and it stores in the body uh, unconsciously or in the muscles or areas uh, like the organs. And eventually this can lead to disease. This, so they say in yoga that, that diseases fear manifest. Okay. Um, so what she, she really helped me understand, uh, and then through my own research and going and learning and, and really reading a, a lot about the occult history of medicine and, uh, psychology and spirituality from a more occult, like, uh, uh, hidden sort of knowledge perspective. Cause I, I studied a lot of things that the Freemasons were doing, uh, cause I wanted to get to the truth. I went really deep on, um, esoteric books and knowledge uh, from many, many years ago. Started like really learning um, about theosophical uh, like perspectives of, of reality and things. I actually came to, uh, to very, very strong uh, belief and awareness that we are a product completely of conditioning, social conditioning that happens right from when you're in the womb 
okay? Uh, and then up until around six or seven years old, we are completely controlled, conditioned, and, and at the mercy of the programming from the external world, okay? And this external world is things like the TV, advertising, media, and actually advertising companies, they love to create adverts for children, okay? Because as I said, they want to create customers for life. So they carefully construct TV and adver advertising, even the TV programs, the cartoons and all that stuff in order to sell stuff, okay? And create customers for life. It happens very young age. And this stuff programs and imprints your subconscious operating system and your mind, and then you go through life. So you have these early imprints, very, very early imprints that happen in the womb and these, and these early years and your interaction with your mother, if your mother was under a lot of fear and stress, as my mum was when I was growing up, she was an immigrant in a new country, under a lot of stress, she had a lot of problems with the marriage and stuff. It all impacts on you. Her hormones impact on you. You, you basically are the product of a lot of hypnosis and conditioning from external forces. And the yogis knew this thousands of years ago. They basically say that you are born with a certain amount of karma, okay, which um, creates all your desires, all of the actions, all the habits that run on autopilot. And we can transcend this programming. So they, that if you look at if you look at us as though we're like a computer, okay, we have a computer has an operating system, and imagine that your mind is an operating system and those, those really hardwired imprints and programs that, that are uh, constructed in your mind at a very young age is like your hard architecture of your, your operating system. It's your iOS, all right? Now, that iOS is totally dependent on that programming, on how efficiently it runs other programs. So what happened to me was that I was... I had a lot of imprints in my body, my physical body, uh, that made me very, very uh, um, susceptible to stress and fear. Fear especially. I had an overreacted response, a physical psychosomatic response to fear, all right, due to external things that happened through this programming. So the process of meditation and yoga actually is to liberate you from this early imprinting and programming so that you can become liberated. This is the true purpose of yoga. If you want to be in the flow all the time, if you're an entrepreneur and you want to be in the flow, then it's all about reconditioning the past. Okay. A very close friend of my family is uh, uh, my friend. Uh, uh, so a close friend of mine is Marissa Peer. She's a very famous therapist and she does hypnotherapy, a special technique. And it's all about regressing you back into early childhood and reprinting you from there. And yoga and, and, and certain yoga processes does the same thing. So I've really gone deep on this. Um, and what they say in yoga is the primary um, uh, instinctive drive we have is related to our breath, okay? Now think about this, okay? If you, your, your breath, the way you breathe, Okay, you breathe in oxygen, you breathe out carbon dioxide. Okay, a lot of us take it for granted as though breath is uh, just something we just do naturally on autopilot. Okay, and if you allow that to happen, all right, 
okay? Uh, what happens is all of the thoughts, emotions, and other things, processes going in your mind, all the clutter from the day, stress of the day, because uh, your, your breath is something that actually runs automatically, but also has conscious control, all right? So we can con consciously control our breath, or we can just let it run freely. Most people just let it run freely. But what that means is all of that stress of the day or the thoughts, emotions, feelings actually are controlling your breath. And your breath is directly related to physiology, okay? Now, if you're under a lot of fear, what happens is your breath goes irregular, erratic. And there's another factor that comes into play, your heart rate variability. I won't go too much into science because it's, it's a little bit complicated, but your heart rate variability, when it's coherent... Um, it means that you're breathing in a smooth, consistent pattern, which happens when you're in a flow and your feeling of passion or joy happens, which is a state we want to operate at. But when we're under stress and fear and things, the HRV goes out of sync and our breathing goes out of sync, right? So what the yogis understood was that unless we learn to consciously control our breath, and stop it from going out of control because our breath influences our physiology so much, we are going to be susceptible to disease and disturbances in our physiology. And all of our thoughts, our habits, our behaviors, um, our emotions, decisions, all of these things actually first start off with your physiology. Your physiology is where they emerge from. So in order to control your physiology, we must control our breath. So conscious breathing, special forms of breath work, which I'm very much into now, uh, which rooted in pranayama. Pranayama is simply uh, the science of, of breathing from India from thousands of years ago. Is also prana means energy, yama means control. So it's energy control. What, the, what this um, science teaches us how to do is to control our energy just through breath alone, okay? Because that is our direct route to controlling and influencing our physiology. And as we know, Einstein said, E equals MC squared, everything uh, on a quantum level, everything is energy, okay? So by learning to control breath, the yogis, um, this is when we start going into the more mystical elements of yoga, by controlling breath, we can completely actually control reality itself. Our... our Ability to bend reality is dependent on our ability to control breath. And my own life is a complete um, testimony to that. Because since I, the first things I learned from my Swami was the breathing techniques. I went deeper on that, started using the sauna and doing some shamanic breathing stuff that I figured out and then also learned and refined over the years from shamans. Um, all these breathing techniques I've learned through combining it with meditation and music. Music's a big passion of mine. I've created a process that actually is so powerful at influencing your physiology, rewiring those past imprints, but at the same time, um, actually re-imprinting you with more empowering beliefs and habits, um, and also strengthening your physiology, your your um, ability to fend off uh, infection, uh, to prevent disease and, uh, and to reduce blood pressure and be more in the flow, uh, I perfected and created a system called the Awakening, which is doing amazing 
right now. Like I'm having so many shifts around the world with this. And I now live actually um, half the year on a tropical island called Copangan, where we do these big ceremonies and retreats with breath. And the results are just mind blowing. People are having full total, like 180 degree transformations in their life. Thanks for sharing that. It seems like there's, there's a whole, <clears throat> a whole host of different things that, that we can do involving, you mentioned yoga and, and breath being the, the two main ones that you focused on just through, just through that. And it seems it's, it's almost like we're, we're programming our body to, to work for us as opposed to working against us. Is, is that sort of how, how you see it? And do you have any other strategies or concepts or ideas that you'd like to share with us? Yeah, well, if you think about it, right, everything is a vibration, okay? And if you, if you just observe your breath for a few moments, okay, you'll realize it, it, that you're breathing in a wave. You breathe in and out, so in for a few seconds, out for a few seconds, okay? But that in and out will change and fluctuate over time. It has its own waveform, okay, which you can actually measure. You can measure this waveform. Now, um, emotion also has a waveform a vibration okay so in most of the emotions that are being projected out through the media and the, the ideas and feelings if you watch the news is fear 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 now what they found in studies is that our breath if allowed to just be on its own without conscious control will mirror other people's emotions and and their way of breathing it will also mirror energy and vibrations in the, in the um, surroundings. So if you are um, under stress or fear because of something you watch on the news, your breath will go out of coherence and it will become irregular. Um, and that has this effect on your physiology. It leads to chronic stress and problems with your physiology, which can then lead to disease. So we are so influenced by our environment unconsciously and it's this unconscious hypnosis, this cultural hypnosis that we must protect ourselves from. So what, what everyone should do first is just, just observe the way they breathe. Okay, just observe how they breathe. Um, and is it very shallow? Is it deep? Okay, is it smooth? Is it inconsistent? And observe how it changes when they're feeling different moods. When, they, when they're in a happy state, an excited state, is the breathing more smooth and consistent and more rhythmical? Or when they're in a stressed out state, like a fierce state, are, they, um, are you breathing more erratically? Okay? And erratic breathing leads to erratic thinking. So if you're an entrepreneur and you want to be in the flow and think with clarity, okay, what you simply need to do is observe your breath, observe how you feel right now, and then by doing this very simple technique that I'm going to show you now, you can actually change how you feel, all right? You can bring yourself back more into balance and be more in the flow simply if you just do this for five minutes. Okay, do you want me to show you? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so what you want to do, I call it rhythmic uh, pulse breathing, okay? So what you do is just put your finger on your pulse, okay? So you can feel your pulse, you can feel your heartbeat. Okay, and what we do is we, we breathe in beats, we breathe in rhythm. Every, your, your, the world is rhythmical, like the, 
everything that's good in the world has a rhythm and a groove, okay? You hear a piece of music that has no groove or rhythm, you can't dance, and you're not going to be drawn to it. But music that has a pulse and a groove, it's great, and you want to dance, and it brings people together. So the good things in life, I find, is high vibrational, rhythmical things, okay? And we want to connect to that groove. And the, and the most natural groove of all is your heartbeat. Your heartbeat is the natural rhythm. It's the rhythm of your life, okay? So what we're going to do is we're going to connect with this rhythm of life. So just uh, put your fingers on your pulse and just feel that rhythm, okay? Most people's beat, heartbeat at rest is going to be between 60 and 75, up to 80 beats per minute. Lower, lower the better, okay? But um, I'm going to show you now quickly how to just get into a flow state through your pulse. So just being observant of your pulse, start to count a rhythm. So a beat normally is like one, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. So get the rhythm of your pulse. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. That's my pulse right now, the rhythm. So what you want to do is you want to then basically breathe in smoothly, okay? So you breathe in and the way, and you want to breathe in di diaphragmically. So what you want to do is make sure you can use your hands. You can put one hand on your belly, one hand on your chest, breathe in and you'll let your diaphragm rise first. And then your chest, and that's a full yogic breath. So you're basically breathing in from your, your abdomen and filling up your entire capacity for oxygen. Imagine like a cycle of, of a wave of breath, okay? Right from the base, up your abdomen, expanding your belly, chest, and then round like a wave, okay? So you're going to be breathing to the rhythm of your pulse, which is in, two, three, four, out, and then... On the out breath, you want to breathe very smooth and consistently. So not, you're not going to go like really like forcefully. You're just going to purse your lips a bit and just and breathe out slowly, smoothly and consistently like an ocean sound of the wave. Okay. So I'll just give an example. And then you start getting into this rhythm. And you can even, you can, if you're finding the four, four seconds is too fast, uh, four beats is too fast, you can extend it to six or even eight. Slower and more smoother, consistent rhythms helps calm the, 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 the heart down and slows your heart rate down. And you become more calm and relaxed. You, you produce these alpha brain waves, you become more in the flow. So just doing that for five minutes, okay, and then getting back into your work. And then if you find you're getting distracted, um, if you feel some like stress is building up, just go back to your pulse and just do that again for a few minutes and then boom, go back. And actually what you can also do is play some like kind of, I love house music. I produce house and deep house music. You can play some like kind of music that has a, 120 BPM kind of rhythm to it, which is most kind of popular music. And most popular music actually is timed to this rhythm, 120 BPM, which matches 
um, the natural resting rate of your, your pulse as well. Okay. And this rhythm, if you breathe um, in time to it, so if you put, put on a house beat, which is like a do, 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 you breathe in a rhythm to that, in, two, three, four, out, two, three, four. And just have it in the background so you don't even need to use your pulse. And just listen along whilst uh, you're working on your laptop, okay? You can have actually entrained your breath to that music. And just that smooth, consistent, diaphragmic, rhythmic breathing will actually make your heart coherent, your physiology becomes coherent, and you go into this like much more calm, but alert flow state, okay? And you'll find your, your work becomes more productive, you become more um, uh, creative as well, and things just operate better, and you get less distracted. So that's just one simple technique. I have many, I've got uh, five actual powerful breathing techniques that are like a pharmacy toolkit for influencing your physiology in different ways. This one's just for like, flow states but what i do is i combine a few of these together in, into this ritual called the awakening which um actually uses a process of uh, uh creating a state of low oxygen in your blood which triggers this positive stress response um for brief periods the russians have studied this for, for many many years um and they call it intermittent hypoxic training and this they usually use machines but i do it through breath because yogis, they create a, a, a technique called kumbhaka. This technique is the most revered technique in all of pranayama. And through this technique, you can actually wake up dormant parts of the body, dormant parts of the brain, brain that haven't been used before. And it can actually um, even wake up stem cells. So if you want to heal yourself from chronic infections or diseases, or if you want to expand your creativity, your cognitive function, your memory, um, and things like that, this one technique helps. And it's actually the one that is supposedly what leads to these superhuman powers and abilities um, these famous yogis possess. And for me, on my own, my own journey, I've definitely seen the dramatic shift in not only my ability to um, suppress this autoimmune condition that I had that actually um, makes a lot of people sick. I've been very lucky and fortunate to reverse it. But um, I've also got incredible levels of creativity now that I didn't used to have before. Um, like I, I, I'm quite prolific as a musician and have lots of music out there. Many of the world's top therapists and healers use my music, spas use it. I've also managed to network with some really famous people like Wim Hof um, and host their events and things. And I've just become in a flow myself since I've been really training and going deep on this stuff. So I really recommend um, any entrepreneur um, to, to, to really take a, 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 um, a closer look at breath and breath work in general, because I really believe your breath shall set you free. What was the, the name of, of that process again? It was something to do with breathing. Was it a pulse breathing or something? What was the name? Yeah, I just call it um, rhythmic pulse breathing, breath work, diaphragmic. Well, you can just call it pulse breath work. It's very simple. All right, awesome. Yeah. And it's how to get into coherent states just using your breath. So you mentioned that you've got 
four others. You mentioned that you've got five strategies that people could use. So maybe it's about the, the timing in our conversation where you, you share with us where people can go if they want to find out a bit more about you and maybe somewhere where they can get their hands on the other four strategies that you've got. Yeah, yeah, certainly. So um, I have a site uh, that's very new called somabreath.com. Soma, S-O-M-A, B-R-E-A-T-H dot com. Soma Breath. Now, Soma is um, the legend of the, the, the ancient text that the yoga came from, which is the Rig Veda. And Soma was this psychedelic concoction that, that the rishis used to take to communicate with the gods. And the legend goes is that the Soma ran out over time and it freaked out all of the gods who were living on the, on the planet as in the golden age of the, of the planet. Because in yoga, they, they say that we, have, we exist in four different times, ages. And right now we're in the Kaliyuk, the dark age, but there was a time of enlightenment, which is the golden age. Uh, however, what happened was um, because the Soma started to run out, the gods went a bit crazy. And God Indra ordered everyone to go inwards to be able to create soma from within. And what they realized actually is that we create every single medicine that we need um, naturally. And that's what they discovered. And that was the origins of Tantra, Tantric yoga and breathwork and, yo and um, even Buddhism came from all of this. And so what happened was the yogis became the first real biohackers and they um, really studied the connection of breath and physiology and yoga postures to basically create their own medicines and drugs, okay? And through a deeper practice, which I call the awakening, you can actually uh, activate the soma molecule itself. The soma molecule is basically the DMT that you find in plants, but we produce DMT naturally, okay? But it's not DMT, it's a form of tryptamines that we, we produce in our brain um, based on melatonin, serotonin, and dopamine. And uh, when you, do a certain practice for long enough and use therapeutic music with it, what happens is that you can actually reach incredible psychedelic states of mind, like of consciousness. And it's this process that I've developed where you literally will speak to your higher self at the end of it. You will connect so closely to a higher state of consciousness uh, that you can actually go back and re-imprint uh, the things that have um, programmed you from the past uh, against your own best interests. And you can re-imprint yourself in a better way, a more um, empowered way. And this was the famous technique of, uh, that the yogis used to do um, that I've now made just more easy, fun, and accessible. And it's called the awakening. And you do it over 21 days. Okay, we have a 21-day program. It's the awakening breath protocol. In that time, you, you basically just do a simple exercise every day. Um, I give you a download. You just listen and follow along with the instructions. 20 minutes a day for the first week, 40 minutes for the second week, 60 minutes for the third week. And by that time, um, uh, the science shows that through intermittent hypoxic training, you can actually reverse many chronic illnesses, even anxiety, depression, okay, potentially with this. But... For people who haven't got any sickness, then you can actually increase. Uh, and this will also help people who are sick, but you will also get this dramatic improvement in the cognitive function of the brain. 
So your co concentration, your focus, your energy levels go, go up. Um, you have these heightened states of creativity. Uh, and yeah, this, this is what I've been putting together. And we do live training webinars as well once a week. And we're just launching it on June the 11th. We're literally launching the first online version of this because I've been doing it in a retreat for the last couple of years in Copangan. But now we're launching it um, online so everyone can access this. Because the other magic that happens when you all breathe together, breathing together is the magic. Um, so the word spirituality actually, the Latin root meaning of the word spirituality is to breathe. Not many people know this, but that's what actually spirit, spiritual means, is to breathe, okay? And um, the original, uh, the, the yogis, uh, who were the, 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 the real like, ambassadors of, of, mod, of this ancient cultures that then all the other cultures came from, they were, would get together and breathe together, okay? Now, the word conspiracy, conspire, actually means breathe together, okay? Before the 13th century, it was, that's what it meant because people would come together, religious people and spiritual people would get together and they'd breathe together in a certain way, in, in a ritualistic way, and it would be a form of prayer and connection. When you breathe together, this magical effect of coherence happens, okay, where the bond connects very strongly between people. HeartMath did a lot of studies on this and found this phenomenon that happens. And by breathing together, just because you raise your vibration, okay, your, your own emotional energy, uh, you then rub off on other people who don't have that level of coherence and it rubs off. So my conspiracy with the awakening is that we want to get lots of people breathing together at the same time um, and that's why we're doing this awakening program uh, so that they go off and rub off all of this on other people. And as a whole, the communities start to uh, spread and get better and people find a more sense of connection and belonging. And that in itself, because I believe community is a cure, could be the cure for a lot of problems because they found that depression okay, is actually mostly linked and even longevity itself okay is linked to our sense of belonging okay a uh, sense of community a sense of social interaction so if you don't have a social life and you're very much a lonely isolated person uh you're going to be more prone to depression you're not going to live as long as somebody who has a lot of social connection and and feels like a sense of belonging in their life so I'm giving people back that sense of belonging by helping people connect to the breath and connect to other people who have the share, uh, same interests. And that's why we have this component uh, of the Soma Breath community, where it's this online community um, where people are encouraged to go out and run awakening sessions around uh, their area. And through that, we, we spread the love. And it's, you know, that's my little hippie uh, side to me but um <laughs> but you know that's that's my my higher mission is to spread the love through breath so somabreath.com you can check it all out on there all right awesome are you on social media as well are you on facebook twitter instagram where can people find you on there yeah um you can actually go to the renegade pharmacist.com uh, for the website uh on social media uh it's the same name the renegade pharmacist 
uh, just look for that. I'm, only, I'm the only one. And then uh, we also have the Soma Breath group, which is where you can interact with lots of people uh, who are into breath work. So you just look up Soma Breath and you can join that. But ultimately, if you just go to somabreath.com, uh, you can actually sign up for a free online meditation, a breathwork meditation where you can, you, because so many people are doing it at the same time, um, you're going to be breathing together with people around the world. Um, and we've had plans to turn this into a proper app and all that, but that's in the future. But for now, we have this online platform. Uh, actually, we use Zoom, like we're using Zoom right now. It's the same, same platform that we're using, and it's really effective. And uh, you can breathe together and uh, start actually experiencing the benefits of breath work right then and there for free all right sounds good well we are up to our last question naraj and okay. this is one where we can blow the door wide open now so we don't have to be to do with anything that we've spoken about so far and we've had funny answers all the way to serious answers and the last question is what would you like the world to know about you that it doesn't already know? <laughs> wow. Okay. And, you've, and you've, you've also mentioned music as well, so we can't really go there either. Oh, wow. This is, <laughs> this is deep. Um, okay, here you go. I, okay, so the world doesn't really know this much about me, um, is that I love to cook Indian food, right? And Indian food, if it's done right, is really, really healthy, okay? I'm not talking about the stuff you find in restaurants, but I'm talking about, like, uh, Indian food that has its uh, roots in the traditional way of cooking um, without all the additives and really rich in uh, herbs and spices and things like that. I basically, I cook a mean curry, okay? So I have this um, ambition, like, one day... Uh, once I've um, done my conspiracy of, uh, of creating all these communities is to literally go around visiting them and just cooking. And that's all I want to do is to go have big parties and cook and maybe DJ a little bit, some of my beats. Uh, but that's it. That, not many people know this because I kind of keep it to myself. My girlfriend, she really benefits from it, um, but she really likes it. So now maybe I'll, um, I'll let more people know about it. <laughs> All right, sounds good. Well, thanks for being a guest on the show, Naraj. I appreciate you carving up the time, and I'm sure we'll keep in touch. Okay, thank you very much, mate. Cheers.